This is the YCA Podcast. This podcast is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In simpler terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. And welcome to today's edition of the YCA Podcast. We are coming to you from Fort Willis, and I am your co-host, Cam Willis, joined by my good buddy and co-host for today, Brett Fields. We've got a special edition of the YCA Podcast today as we bring you an offense versus defense episode. Coach Fields and I will be sharing our own personal insights when it comes to the offensive and defensive side of the football. We've got a few topics we will discuss and a few questions that we will answer about our experiences on both sides of the football. Finally, we'll pick each other's brain a little bit, and we're just going to sit around and talk a little ball. So that's our lineup for today. We hope you enjoy today's episode of the YCA Podcast. All right. Welcome to today's edition of the YCA podcast. We have a, like I said, a special edition podcast here. This is an offense versus defense segment. And I have my buddy here, my co-host for today, Mr. Brett Fields. He is now back coaching at his alma mater. You may have heard an interview from him a couple of weeks ago. He is at Cane Bay High School coaching defensive line. Uh, he, he and I spent five years together at Berkeley High School. He spent his last year the, as the defensive coordinator at Cross High School and had a chance to go home, and, and he was excited about that opportunity and took it. So, Coach Fields, what's up, my man? What's going on? How are we, Coach Willis? Everything's good, man. Um, it's crazy. We're, we're actually sitting down to do this, huh? Yeah, kind of a little different than the <laughs> – phone calls and the talking about it for years and we're finally getting down and actually doing it yeah we, we we finally put it together you know so if you don't know the yca you know young coaches association it kind of started as an idea uh between us and a couple other buddies we talked about it we put some stuff together and we just talked about getting on and doing a podcast and you know life happened i got married yep. you know we change job you change yep, jobs absolutely. you know our friends change jobs so it just yep. you know when you get married things change and you gotta kind of figure it out from there but we finally put it together so here we are we're trying to grow the brand and and build a platform for coaches you know here in the low country and you know spread throughout the state but you know we're here now we're putting yep. it together yep. and this is what we're doing like i said our goal is to you know have a platform for coaches they can come in, they can talk about their experiences, things like that, uh, share information for people that might want to coach or are just getting into coaches or right. coaching. And, you know, it's not, it's the Young Coaches Association, but it's not just for young coaches, obviously. You know, at some point, those guys who are older and they're, they're later on in their coaching career, they were young coaches at one point too. So, you know, we're going to have people like that around talking about some stuff, giving some advice, things like that. But today, we've got some more content coming in later on. This is a little bit different. This is an offense versus defense edition. Uh, I coach offense. Coach Fields, coach de- he, he coaches defense. 
couple of our other guys had some prior engagements today and they weren't able to get here, but we wanted to get some content down for the YCA podcast and, and put some of this stuff out there for you guys. So coach Fields, you got anything before we head into this first segment? Uh, so just want to go ahead and say cough, cough, Steven Davis. We're still looking for our YCA shirts. <laughs> um, been talking about that for a while, like before the podcast. So coach Davis, we need you to step up your game because we're stepping up ours. Yeah. Uh, coach Davis, you might be fired. I think my wife is going to beat you to the punch. So yeah, that's, that's sad. Coach. She's been kind of behind the scenes trying to help a little bit, but you may have failed your first mission. So, yep. But yeah. So anything else before we get into this next segment, coach? Um, just excited to actually start this. This is pretty cool. Um, it's kind of crazy to do this. I mean, we're putting this out to the public for maybe 10 years to see of people that we're trying to share it to, but we're trying to start small and, and grow and get bigger with this thing. And all we're really trying to do is uh, network a little bit, you know, and uh, help out some guys as they come into the profession. Um, we're not superstars by any means. We're not going to be the next head coach at Alabama or Auburn, anything like that. But we definitely just want to network and get to know some more people and get to learn their experiences and share our own experiences. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and, Final thing before we move on is like it's just like anything, it's going to be a work in progress. You know, you don't come into your, you know, doing something coaching and you're an expert right away. So, you know, we're going to get better as we go. It's just like football season. You hope you're playing your best at the end of the season. You're not going to be right. playing your best at the first part of the season. So, you know, we'll tweak some things. We'll learn. We'll, we'll research and, and do some stuff. But we just want to put out some some good content for everybody that's listening. And, and that's kind of our goal moving forward that's here. Right. All right, so we'll move on to a couple of segments here. Quick break. All right, so welcome back. Uh, real quick, we're just going to give a, a little bit of a background for each of us, for those of you that don't know us. Um, again, Cam Willis, I am originally from the upstate of South Carolina. I grew up in Union, South Carolina. A lot of churches. Yeah, there's, Fields has been there. He says there's a lot of churches there, which is true. There's a church on every street corner pretty much. Um but Union is pretty highly known for their football. We've had some state championship teams, 90, 95, 99, 2000, 2002. Um, hasn't been as good recently. But, you know, anyway, I grew up there. I played for Mike Anthony and Tommy Bobo. Coach Kevin Farmer was my offensive coordinator, who then went on to coach at Chapman High School, which is where I began my coaching career in college. Uh, I coached for two years at Chapman High School. And then I went back home after I graduated college and I coached at Union County High School, which they had combined some other schools to make. I coached for Coach David Lipsy for a year and then Coach Steve Tannehill came in at Union and I coached for him for five years before I moved down here to the Low Country, where I spent five years coaching with Randy Robinson at Berkeley High School, where I spent time, you know, with Coach Fields over there at Berkeley. Yep. And then the last two years, uh, Coach Jerry Brown has come back to Berkeley and now I spent the last two years still at Berkeley. So for my seventh full year at Berkeley. But that's kind of a little bit of my, my coaching background there. Coach Fields. All right, guys. So um, if you listen to the previous episode of our interviews, you should know a little bit about myself. But I actually went to Cane Bay High School down here. I'm from the low country. I've stayed in low country my whole life. Uh, graduated from there. I started coaching right out of high school. Uh, my first year in college, I went to Charleston Southern University. I started out at Berkeley. 
Um, I was there for about 10 seasons, just starting at the B team and working my way up, you know, all the way doing various roles on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, last year, I had the opportunity to go join Sean Wright for a year at Cross High School as their defense coordinator, and uh, now got the awesome chance to come back to my alma mater this year and work with the Cane Bay High School staff, and that's where I'm at right now. This is my 11th or 12th year coaching. I can't remember. That's scary to say, but feel like I'm getting old. But I started at 18, and I am currently 29 now. Yeah, so – Obviously, it's today is an offensive versus defensive episode. Coach Fields has spent his entire career, correct, on the defensive side so far? Correct, correct. And I forgot to mention I've spent my entire career on the offensive side. I played quarterback in high school, so I've coached quarterbacks, I've coached running backs, I've coached wide receivers. haven't had a chance to coach offensive line yet, but, you know, I'm, I've been trying to get better, learning about the position and things like that. But so that's kind of our background. Uh, we're going to move into oh, – Oh, Coach, I, I did forget I was coaching H-backs for spring practice at Cross. Oh. I know that's big time. There you go. 1A so, H-backs, so just throwing it out you there. You got one up on me. So, Coach yeah. Fields has spent a little bit of time on the offensive side of the ball. So, he's not all bad. <laughs> he's not all bad. Um, but yeah, so we're going to move into some segments here. We're going to ask some questions. Uh, some of these have been sent through the Twitter account, YCA Podcast. I had some – Questions that were sent, we've come up with some questions, some topics that we're going to talk about. But we're going to jump into our first segment, which is the opening drive right after this break. All right, and welcome back to the offense versus defense segment or episode of the YCA podcast. So jumping into it, the opening drive. So this is our opening drive. We got two questions here. I hope he's got it scripted, by the way. Yeah, it's scripted. Don't worry. You know, I got the opening drive scripted. Actually, I usually just toss it out the window, but we'll get into that later. Anyway, so opening drive. Again, some of these questions have come from ourselves. Some of these questions have come through the Twitter, uh, direct messages or tweets that they've sent to us. So I'll start it out. I'll ask the first question to Coach Fields. Opening drive question one. Uh, first question is, what made you want to get into coaching? So I guess I was kind of at a crossroads. Um when I graduated as a senior, um, I loved playing football. I loved team sports. I didn't really do that growing up. I started that kind of in ninth grade, like in high school, and fell in love with the game and fell in love with being part of a team. And kind of like every 18-year-old, when you get done with football, you're like looking around like, what the hell am I going <laughs> to do, right? <laughs> so a um, little bit about myself, too. I come from a background in my family where – they didn't play sports. Um, we had a family business for a long time in the fabrication welding industry. And my dad pretty much was like, hey, man, you don't want to do this. Like, you want to go to college. You want to do something else. And I, honestly, I believed him and kind of glad I did. But it was kind of just thrown in my lap by my defensive line coach. Um, he followed my head coach when he got the job at Berkeley. He followed him over there, and they gave me a spot. As a volunteer, which is hilarious to say now, but I was super stoked about it, and I was able to be a B-team, you know, defensive line coach at 18, and I thought I was, you know, the hot S-word. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I thought I was all about it and was going to be the next Lane Kiffin. You know what I mean? But um, kind, of a, kind of a gambling decision, and I'm glad because I've ran with it so far, you know? Yeah, I mean – 
obviously both of us kind of have backgrounds of starting out earlier probably than most people do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we've, you know, again, we're not saying we have all the answers. We're not perfect by any means, but we've yeah. seen a lot of stuff in us, you know, in our short career, I guess, but we've also been doing it for quite a while. It's, I just thought about the other day. It's crazy to think that I've now been at Berkeley longer than I've been anywhere else, Yeah, which is weird to me. It doesn't Very seem weird. like that. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, just kind of for myself, that made you want, when I was playing, so I played quarterback in high school, I actually ended up hurting myself my senior year. I tore my labrum. And at that time, I had no – there was – I wasn't coaching. I was going to go play, like, college baseball and going to go play in single A and double A and triple A. You know, right. as a Make little kid, you go up. a game, right? Exactly. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm, I'm going to go play professional baseball. Right. I was a decent pitcher. I couldn't hit well enough to play in college, but I, I thought I could pitch well enough. Right. But anyway, I played quarterback, so I tore my labrum. And my senior year, I kind of played through it and ended up making it worse. But the second to last game, no, last regular season game of the year, I get hit. And it wasn't a hard hit. I just got hit, and I just couldn't feel my whole shoulder. Everything was numb. So we're, you know, get about to go into the playoffs. We had just been to the upper state the year before. So I'm like, well, dang, I'm, I'm out for the season now. But it was at that time that – I think I realized that I might have a future in coaching because my head coach at the time, Tommy Bobo, when I came back to practice the next week and they knew I had to have surgery, he was like, Hey man, what are you, what are you doing? Like, there's no, right. you can't be down in the dumps. I need you to come coach. I'm like, what? And so he basically let me coach our, who was at the time our best wide receiver. He had to come play quarterback because our backup quarterback broke his elbow two series later in that same game that I got hurt in. So he comes to me and he's like, look, dude, I need you to help coach the quarterbacks. This is a kid that I've been throwing to all season. And now he's got to be the quarterback. And I had a lot of fun. Like I, it was just weird because I was supposed to be down in the dumps and you know, my season's over and now I don't know what's going to happen with baseball, but I got to coach my teammate up and how to play the position in our offense. And I had a blast. Like it was just, so, you know, I went through that process. That me, was fun. Let me just stop you for a second. So I feel like something that um, if you're kind of looking to get in coaching or just got in coaching, that's something that Cam and I both have something that's relatable there is somebody believed in us, right? So yes, somebody as saw us as a player and went, man, this guy could probably do pretty well coaching, right? And I definitely had that with my defensive line coach, uh, Gary Christensen. I mean – just had somebody who was like, man, you, you, you need to step up and be a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and we're both grateful for that, but Absolutely. I think that's kind of understated as like people don't really understand. Like somebody gives you a chance, take it, run with it. You never know what's going to happen, you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've been lucky there, um, but that's kind of, you know, just experiencing that, and then, you know, I got hurt and I wasn't able to play college baseball like I had planned. Right. And so then I knew like, hey, man, that when I when I got hurt, I started coaching. Then that was fun. I got maybe I should look into you know, coaching as a possibility because I right. spent my whole life playing sports. Right. So I go to college and at, my, at that time, my offensive coordinator for my first three years was the head coach at Chapman. And he reached out to me and was like, hey, I heard you're at USC Upstate, which was 10 minutes, 15 minutes from Chapman. He's like, do you want to come coach over here at Chapman? I mean, 
Absolutely. I know the yeah, offense no like brand. the back of my hand. Yeah, so no I'm going to go over there and coach with Coach Farmer. Right. Anyway, I can go on and on, but that's kind of what got me started into coaching. Yeah. Just a, a kind of like a, a negative led to a positive, right. which is, you know, as coaches, you're going to go through a lot of negatives in life. But, you know, it can also lead to some positives, too. So. Right. So that leads us kind of into our next question, uh, which would be what made you want to coach and kind of keep coaching the fairy boys on offense? Um, <laughs> There, shots fired. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what made you go? All right, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an easy answer for me. It's just because I played quarterback. I mean, I've, I played quarterback. So if you if you know about playing quarterback, you pretty much have to know what everyone's doing on the field. Like you can't just in some capacity. Yeah, yes. for the most part. I mean, yeah. obviously, you can go. We can go into those details. Right, right, right. Some other time, but if you're playing quarterback for a, a good offensive program, you need to know what your guys are doing. Like, obviously, the more you know, the better. Right. So, anyway, just playing quarterback, because when I was in middle school, I wanted to play wide receiver. But no one stepped up and wanted to play quarterback in the middle school. So, I was like, you know what? I, I'll raise my hand. I'll do, do it. it. So, I just yeah. stepped into it. And then from there on, it, that's what I played. And so, that's kind of the, the quick short answer for me is what made me want to keep coaching offense. Um I like points. Who likes zero to zero? That's just that's just lame. Oh, Nobody cares about that garbage. Here we go. So it's all about points. I want to score points. Right. Let's light up the scoreboard yeah. and mm-hmm. let the fans cheer for the offense. Yeah, let's cheer about bad defense. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my answer, Coach. So I'll let you kind of answer that same question. Yeah. So looking back, this is probably a silly one for us too, but it gives you a good. Uh, background of us if you even care about us at this point hopefully you do (laughs) but uh, that's all I knew you know I coached um, defense the whole way up I haven't coached anything else and when I got started um, that was the position that was offered right was defensive line so and that's what I knew I played that and I played some guard as well but I mean I was 170 playing the one technique um, when Cane Bay first started uh, three technique next to me was 270 and I just enjoyed that part of defensive line in high school is not always about the biggest and the baddest it's about who's going to be the most violent off the football right so I wanted to you know get into coaching that way and it's something that I knew um, then I was given the chance to coach some inside linebackers and then outside linebackers and then safeties and you know as a coordinator last year I'm coaching it kind of all of it, a little bit of everything, you know, and um, it, it's fun, man. Now, I will say this. Here's a little secret intel on me and Coach Willis. Um, we were fully ready before Coach Robinson retired. We were going to pretty much barge into his office and kind of demand that I coach offensive line with Coach Willis uh, being kind of the coordinator that, what was that, 2000. 20, 2019, yeah, 2019, 20, something like that. Um, I was super excited about it. I, defense wasn't getting stale for me, but I was ready to come work with him and coach Cantrell and have some fun on the offense side of the ball. And, and coach Robinson was like, all right, I'm out. I'm going back to the upstate. So, <laughs> uh, that got kind of flipped on its head. Yeah. But, um, you know, to, get away from my long answer. I mean, that's just what I knew at the time and jumped into it. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, again, it's situational. I mean, a lot of times you don't get guys that play 
one side of the ball and just want to just completely go to the other side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, At least starting off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we can dive into it, but I feel like the more you know about the opposite side of the ball, the better off you're going to be 100. on your side of the ball. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about that later on, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so there's the two questions for the opening drive. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with our cover three segment. So yeah. quick break. All right, and welcome back. We are now to our cover three segment of this offense versus defense special edition podcast. Country cover three. Country Watch cover out. three. Don't talk about Jeremy Pruitt like that. <laughs> we do not speak his name here. Sorry, Coach Pruitt, if you're listening by chance, uh, you know, I still do like you. Great defensive coordinator. Um. Anyway, so cover three is a segment. We're going to have three questions we're going to talk about. Some might be longer than others, but we'll get to it. Um. So the last thing kind of about myself and Coach Fields until we get into specifics and things like that is our offensive and defensive philosophy. Okay, so um, Coach Fields, you can kind of talk about it, yeah. you know, talk about your personal defensive philosophy. Yeah. Uh, so this this philosophy word is kind of funny, right, in the coaching world. So everybody's got these fancy PowerPoints and all these presentations and oh, I'm going to roll this out on an interview. And this is my philosophy. And uh, you're probably going to hear a lot of cliche things in coaching. Right. But uh, personally, what I want to do defensively is I want to be sound. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about weaknesses, what we think weaknesses are of, you know, our own coaching style probably, but a weakness of mine is, I want to be sound to every formation. You know, I don't want to have two people in the same gap. And sometimes on the back end of that is uh, we don't we don't steal it down, right? So, like, we're not as aggressive as a defense that's like, screw it. We're going to send this guy this way. We're going to play this coverage. Uh, me personally, as a coordinator, I'm like, all right, let's be lined up to every formation. Let's make them just beat us out of sure talent, right? So, Defensively, I'm kind of a bend but don't break. Um, as far as scheme, I was like a 4-2 guy like to death, right? I'm like, I'm never running the odd front. And last year I ran kind of a 3-4 reduction rolling type defense, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And the kids at Cross had a lot of fun doing it too. So as far as philosophies, we want to bend but don't break. Uh, we want to be super sound, and we want to disguise a lot. That's something I don't think defenses do enough especially in high school, we want to disguise what we're doing um, and kind of mess with offensive coordinators like Coach Willis. That's right. Um, so, Coach, uh, what's your offensive philosophy? What's the basics in your offense? I mean, it's always – this is always like – like you said. Super cliche, right, everyone's guys? Everyone's like, oh, yeah. well, what, do you, what are you? Are you a spread? Yeah, you like yeah. to run, you know, tight end, full – like all that stuff. Right. And I, honestly, and this is my 100% honest answer – my philosophy is to be multiple and my philosophy is to take what the defense gives you. Yep. I mean, I can attest to that from coaching with this guy. I mean, I, honestly, like I, if I come into a, a situation, let's just say I come into a job and I've got, I'm going to evaluate my personnel and I'm going to figure out what my philosophy is going to be with that group. So if, if I've got skill guys and we can get into the spread by all means, I'm going to get into the spread. Right. Um, but, you know, if I got a couple of receivers and I got some fullback type guys and some good running backs, right. we're, there's going to be some tight ends in the game. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to run the football 
and then we're going to run some play action. We're going to boot a little bit. I'm going to try to put the guys that I have in the best position possible. But, yeah. you know, what I've been the most of is I've been places where we've been athletic enough to spread teams out. And I'm going to, like when I say take what they give me, okay, if they're going to put six, seven in the box, then I'm going to take advantage on the, on the outside. You know, my run game is my quick screen game on the outside. It's my quick game, stuff like that. So if you're going to stack the box and take away the run, then I'm going to try to get out of my hands quick to my, my athletes in space. Right. Um, now, if you do, I, I don't want to say I'll take what they give me by I'm not going to attack. Like if you give me the, the, the matchups that I want, like if I can find a one-on-one somewhere, I'm absolutely going to take that shot in the right time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not just going to sit here and say, well, I'm spread and we're going to run, you know, this and that because that's what I do. I, I'm going to be able to adjust, or at least I hope I'm going to be able to adjust to what my kids can do best. And, I mean, obviously offense and defense, it's always like if you got a defensive line that's just going to wreak havoc up front, they ain't a whole lot. It don't really matter. Nope. Like if you got if you cannot control the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter what scheme and all this that you got because and people do not understand that. They, yeah, they and, they don't understand how, especially the high school level, how important it is to have that offensive line rolling. Yeah, I mean, again, I you know, but people that that are in the spread get the the whatever you call it, the reputation of, oh, they just want to sling it around. That is absolutely false. Yeah. I want to take what the defense gives me. Yeah. If you have five in the box, I'm going to try to run the football. If you have six in the box, I'm going to try to run and RPO that six guy in the box. All right. If you have seven in the box, I'm going to try to find a quick matchup that I like. Is your corner playing off? Can I throw a quick game? Is yeah. he in our face? Can we run by him? Can yeah. we beat man to man? So, you know, again, my personal philosophy is – it's I want to be multiple, and I want to be balanced. I don't want to just come into a game and just throw it 85% of the time, yeah. and I don't want to run it 85% of the time. I want to be able to do both effectively because a good running game helps out the pass game. Right. A good pass game helps out your running game. So multiple and take what the defense gives you, that's pretty much my offensive philosophy in a nutshell. Okay. Okay. So – we're going to go to question number two here on cover three, and this is going to be a good one because I haven't – normally when we talk about defense at these little meetings we have, Coach Willis is just sitting there like, what are you guys talking about? Like, man, there's five in the box. We're running inside zone to death, okay? But I want to hear his answer on this one, and this was a question that I think was coming from Twitter. I'm not sure, but this was more of a defensive question here. So I think offensively, Coach Willis, for you, if you're going to be like, I don't know which one I want to do, what would give you more trouble here with uh, playing gap scheme, right? So we're talking like power, counter, we're talking pullers, okay? Um, Would you rather box it, box that puller, or would you rather spill that puller? Okay, so here's – I kind of want to like take a step back, okay? Because we're doing – the YCA podcast. Yeah. It's young coaches. Association. Like there may be someone listening that has no clue what's going on. So here's kind of what I want okay. you to do. And then you can ask me the question. Yeah. So do the old Michael Scott. We have a surplus here. Okay. <laughs> I want you to tell the people what it means when you say box or spill. Okay. So that like, tell them like they're five. 
hey, or not just not five, but so just coach it, so coach, coach it up, it. and say like, yeah. what does it mean when you say boxer spill? Because some people don't know. Yeah. And I, you know, there was years ago. I'm I'm still learning stuff myself. But talk about what that means, and then you can ask me the question first. Okay. okay. So, uh, boxer spill. You're going to hear defensive coaches say that, especially linebackers coaches and defensive line coaches. So. Uh, spilling, we're, we're, we're talking about a pulling play, first of all. Yes. Um, we're talking about a guard tackle, a H-back. Somebody is pulling across the center and trying to kick somebody out, right? Mm-hmm. The old school, we're going to down block play side, backside, we're going to pull at you, and we're going to kick out the end man, okay? Um, things like when you hear people talk about the power play, the counter play, things like that, okay? Even buck sweep. All right. Or a lot of coaches will talk about pin pull. Right. So we're going to pin a defensive end down and we're going to pull outside of him. Okay, so that's what we would talk about when we're talking about a pulling play, a power play, gap, gap scheme. A lot of guys say gap scheme. That's what I use technically. So a box to that would mean the guy they're trying to kick out is literally just going to get big and box that play. He's going to keep it inside of him. So that puller's coming at him, and he's just going to take it on now. Okay? He's going to box it back into his hill. All right? And some people play it defensively with a spill player. The spill player actually wrong shoulders, or he makes the puller kind of bounce and the ball bounce. Okay? So let's say that defensive end, instead of boxing it, just kind of stabbing it and taking it inside, he's going to actually go under the puller, and make the running back bounce out, okay? So that's kind of a not a philosophy deal. That's a more of a scheme thing defensively, right? So do you want to box it and bring it back into your help, or do you want to make it spill and try to make it go sideways, Yeah. okay? Because offensively, you want that thing to hit vertical, and you want it to hit now, yep. okay? So, and once again, there's no right or wrong answer overall but everybody's going to have a right or wrong answer as far as what they want to do all right uh coach willis that a little little better on the explanation yeah so and if you're asking me the question again i I, i'm going to be the devil's advocate and all sorts of stuff like that i I get and i could bounce it back to you but to me i guess it depends on your personnel that you have like oh come on man i know i'm I'm just saying like seriously like if i've got speed on the outside if my outside linebackers are or my linebackers are good then i wanted to spill it now you've got good interior linebackers then maybe you just want to box it and let those guys play in there so i my answer is going to be because one of my buddies coach john langenfeld he's my guy he's at union county still um one of my best friends he was always squeezed wrong arm and and spill that bad boy out there so yeah that's if you're asking me if i have to choose I'm just going to go with him because that's my boy. Yeah. And that's what I spent time, you know, sitting down watching film with him. Right. And he's like telling me, this is what we're doing here. I'm squeezing here. I'm, if I got a puller, I'm on, I'm on, you know, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to wrong arm him, you know? Um, so uh, again, I can always, so it depends on the players that you have, like who's your best players right. on defense like that. But that's just my thing. Uh, the, I mean, honestly, you're more suited to answer this question because you've coached, defensive line you've yeah. coached linebackers you've coached outside linebacker you've coached on the other side of the ball pretty much your whole career right so you tell me like what's what's kind of your philosophy there well my philosophy is 
a pretty easy answer. And I could go, dude, the, like wrong shouldering and spilling stuff. Like, oh man, dude, that that's like undescribable. I when that <laughs> happens, well, we did that last night pretty well too. Yeah. Like when that happens and it's effective, dude. I I mean. That's awesome. I, I love that. That's little things, little nuances that I love about defense. But I'm a spill guy. I don't care what kind of scheme we're looking like we're in. I want my C-gap player to be a spill guy. Okay? So I want him, if he sees a puller, to get up under it. Only because I think in college and in the NFL, you can box things. Right? Like that overhang, that defense alignment, he can box it. He can stab that puller back inside and make it kind of just squeeze in. In high school, you might be dealing with a 160-pound outside linebacker, okay? Yeah. And if you teach it right, you can wrong shoulder and get back into the play. And that's something I learned last year, and I'm so glad I did that because now I tell that to my defensive ends now that I'm working with. Um, Not only are you going to wrong shoulder and make it bounce – you can wrong shoulder, get under the puller, and get vertical and back up the field and get back into the play. If you're the box guy and you're boxing it, you're not making that play ever. The only yeah. time you'd make it is if the kid bounces and that's not what he's taught as a running back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm a spill guy all the way. That stuff, dude, that gets me excited. Like when somebody spills it the right way and a linebacker scrapes, I mean, it, it's awesome to watch on film or even on a Friday night. Um, so I'm a spill guy. So hundred thousand percent, I'm a spill guy. So all right, and I'm gonna. This is where these questions can go longer and longer. Sure, yeah. As someone who who teaches that stuff, tell the people like, what's the toughest to get kids to actually go out there and do? In your opinion, oh, uh, between the two, yeah, spill because yeah. you have to squeeze first. And mm-hmm. um, outside linebackers, defensive ends, they don't want to do it. Uh, I mean, they just want to run upfield and make the play, right? Yeah. yeah. So boxing, I mean, it's a lot. It's it's all physical, honestly. Yeah. A box is like, okay, I'm stepping down still, right? I'm still squeezing, but the box is just kind of like, hey, stab that guy as he comes to you and get big, right? Mm-hmm. Get a wide base where you can go into. So to preface this, my players will tell you this too and the guys I coach with. I start with like, okay, we start with Algebra 1, Algebra 2, Algebra 3, okay? So Algebra 1 with a spill is like squeeze, right? And then take your outside arm and rip inside, right? Just making it bounce. Algebra 2 is ripping and avoiding the puller, not just like trying to blow him up like a lot of people teach, but we want to avoid the puller, Mm -hmm. okay? And then Algebra 3 is we squeeze, we rip, we get inside and avoid and algebra three is actually getting vertical back up the field and being a part of the tackle. Yeah. Okay. So it's, there's a lot more nuances to spilling and, and squeezing compared to just boxing it. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's why I asked that question because like, and if you're, if you're coaching and you've done this a long time, you know, you know, it doesn't matter really what you, I mean, it matters what you know, but it's what can you get your kids to know and actually go and execute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could be Bill Belichick, right? Yeah. But if I can't communicate that to a 16-year-old, it's pointless. Yeah. I could have all the knowledge in the world, but if you can't effectively teach it as an assistant, what are you doing, right? Yeah. Like, why are you even sounding smart? Yeah? 
Yeah. So, and that's, and again, there's questions like that, that we, you know, we're going to talk about more throughout the YCA podcast is just getting the in-depth, like, comment. obviously we want to start out, like you said, like algebra one, like if you're yeah. just listening and you're just coaching, just getting into coaching, these are the kind of things that we're going to talk about. So that you can kind of get an understanding of what's going on. Yeah. But again, like it's, it's fun to talk about the coaches or talk to the coaches and, and see the things that they deal with on a daily basis and, you know, what their preference is. You know, obviously, and as a coach, boxer spill also probably changes based off of maybe the team that you're playing against, right? I mean, that um, for the most part, or does it just no, pretty much? To me, it's all you, you teach it, and you, that's what you want to teach. You teach it, and that's it. There you um, go. It'd be great to be able to, because there are some times where we spilled things um, in the defensive I've coached at, and you went, man, if we just box that, that may be a little better. But yeah. Then you're asking a 16 year old kid to get some type of tag or get some type of whatever to know whether the box or spill. And that's, that could be terrible defensively. I mean, that can really mess you up, yeah. you know? So um, to me, I would say, no, that, that, that's all your scheme, you know, your scheme core values, your philosophies on scheme, right? Like, yeah, that's all you, that's nobody else. Yeah. So, uh, so real quick, this is obviously cover three. We got two more questions to yeah. get to, but we're going to take a quick break right here. Uh, that was a good start there. Shout out to our boy, uh, other YCA founding member, Ben Beck, for the question. Ben Beck. Ben Beck. I mean, an Fox offensive, an offensive coach who's yeah. asking defensive questions. He's just trying to get an insight from when he yeah, tries to play you later on or something like that. Taking notes on all of us. Yeah, so yeah, we, we, we see you, Ben. But, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break real quick, and we'll come back for these next two questions. All right, guys, so we're going to continue with our cover three. This is our third question in this one. Um, this one was asked, and this is an awesome question. That's kind of why I'm wanting to ask Coach Willis his opinion first. Uh, what are some of your favorite indie drills or group periods you do in practice? Oh, man. This is there's, an awesome question. There's not enough way. time for this one. I, yeah. I, I could just go on and on and on and on about stuff. Um, hmm. I mean, it really is tough. I, and, Coach, can I just stop you for a second? Sure, go so, ahead. Um, once again, I, you guys are trying to figure out, like, is is this even worth listening to? You know, these guys are nobodies. But um, we we are the boring ones, I can tell you, Coach Willis and I, that love this stuff. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about this more than getting on a whiteboard and, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Like, that's, that's worthless to us. We're all about – indie drills and group peer drills and how do you get better at practice? And this is not something that we're just saying, cause we're putting this out to the public, like ask any coach that's been around us. We love this stuff. Yeah, Go ahead, coach. absolutely. And, um, by no means are we scheme nerds. I am not a scheme nerd. Yeah. I, to me, I think a lot of schemes can work, Yeah. but I think what separates the good teams from the average teams are, how you teach within those schemes. Right. Um, and that's what we're kind of talking about. Like, that's why we wanted to hit the, you know, the indie period and, and group period stuff. So my thing is, uh, again, I've coached quarterbacks. I've coached receivers, running backs. Yeah. Just kind of, I'll kind of name a couple, but one of my favorite drills, and I stole this from Coach Tannehill, is for the quarterback. I used to love throwing the fade when I was a quarterback. You know, three-step, if you're under center or catch it, you know, shuffle your feet, throw in the fade. But he does a trash can drill, and we ended up turning it into a competition. But 
it's a trash can drill. You you put your quarterback anywhere. He can start on the hash, right. so it's a shorter throw. Right. And you can move however you want to, but it's just the a trash can drill. You take your steps and you try to drop the football in the trash can. So like, you're throwing the fade. I'm trying to drop it into the trash can, and you're thinking like, what? Like that just sounds. But I've done it as a player, and I've done it as a coach, and the kids love it. Yeah. Like, and the funny part is, is I'll get in there and compete with my quarterbacks. And I'll talk trash to them while we're doing it because they're not going to beat me. Seen that during free yeah. practice. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's a competition. Like, if you if you hit the trash can, it's a point. If you throw it in a trash can, it's two points or three points, whatever. I'm and you can keep up four, with it. By the way, um, it was awful. Yeah, don't let Coach Fields do it. No. But yeah, so that's one of my favorite things to do with quarterbacks. I mean, you people have the bag drills and the footwork drills, and those are cool and all. But wait, 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 wait. that doesn't make you better as a wide receiver. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, sure, if you – it's good what? to do footwork stuff, but, I mean – Whoa, whoa, this is – y'all need to listen to this. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I, I like doing – and I, I'm kind of transitioning to my time with receivers, which is – I love coaching receivers, but yep. I don't like to spend too much time just doing, oh, cone drills or, you know, things like that because how many times in a game do you actually have a route that you run where there's not a defensive player in front of you? Right. You don't just get a free run on a post route most right. of the time. Right. Now, some teams you play, they play those the the four across man or, or quarters look, and they don't try to press you at the line or get any kind of hands on you in the slot. You might get a 12-yard. You can stick sure. it 12 yards and run a skinny post. Sure. Most of the time you're going to have to figure out what your leverage is and what your release point is. Yeah. So right. I one of my favorite drills in the wide receiver group is my separation drill. And it's kind of hard to explain just talking about it. I could, I would love to have a, a YouTube presentation or a PowerPoint yeah, with yeah. film, but we do a separation drill. Hey, and maybe when uh, Coach Davis gets us shirts, we can start doing that. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, Coach Davis, that's a shout-out at YouTube. Yeah. So, but, yeah, my separation drill, I like to put my other receivers on the inside or the outside of my – so you have an offensive player and a defensive player. You can use your other receivers as a yeah. defender. They grab onto cloth, like they grab onto a shirt, they grab onto you know shorts or pants, whatever it is, and then you're working the top part of a route. So let's just say we're working the curl. All okay. right. So if I'm working the curl, we're gonna work the last five yards of the because you don't want to run a full curl and have to get you know you're sprinting 15 yards or 12 yards. How you run? It's just you're wasting. Let's work the top part yeah, of it. Waste of time. So yeah, if I got the DBs on my inside, so he's holding on to me. First, I got to get his hands off of me. So I'm. I'm working the top part of the drill. I'm right. getting his hands off of me. But if he's playing inside, we work putting the hand on the back side of his back, club him, club him by, or push him by the top of the route, and then you rip back through with your inside arm. It's again, it's it's hard to explain. Yeah. Just just know that we put ourselves in we we do curl routes, we do post routes, we do slants. Uh, it's it's creating separation based off of what the defender is doing. Can I even? I'm going to add on to this. I'm a yeah, defensive sure. guy. I feel like what he's saying too. You're you're practicing what's going to be the most hard thing for the receiver to do Absolutely. during the game, right? Yeah. So knowing the route, that's great, and having the cones and where to break and all this stuff. But Coach Willis is breaking it down. So this is the hardest thing you're going to have to do at receiver is get the separation in this route. Yes. So he's working on it now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, he's working on it during Indy, so that way when you get to Skelly, you can actually have the live rep of it, right? Yeah. And then you go to team, and then it transitions to what, Coach, a Friday night? Absolutely. Right? 
Yep. Um, that's the whole reason why you're doing this. Yeah. And so just to, I'll, I'll use kind of like a, a stepping stone here. Yeah. So let's just say we're running a slant and I've got a corner. He's playing me straight up or inside leverage a little bit. You're like, oh, you can't run a slant against that. Yeah. Well, it's not. We've done it. If you teach it right, you can do it. But so what we teach in the separation drill is to the receiver needs to get inside and he's got to – you don't run away from contact. You're yeah. going to go to the inside shoulder of that corner, and you're going to lean on him. So lean on him. Fight pressure with pressure. Fight pressure with pressure. Lean yeah. on him. Press him to your landmark. So if I got a, a three-step slant, on my third step, I'm leaning into him, and I'm sticking, and then I'm separating you're away from creating him. creating your own separation. I create that space. Yeah. You know, so we do that with the slant. We do it with the curl, comeback, even the fade routes. I can pretty much do it with anything. But we lean and separate. We club and rip to separate. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that we can do to separate. And, I, you know, based off what the defense has given us that week, that's how I'm going to base my drill. Right. So if if you got outside linebackers that try to collision you and either widen you or, you know, you got corners that are covered too and they try to funnel you inside, I'm going to base how I work my drill off of what we're going to see that week. Right. So, again, I can go on and on, but that's just two, two kind of indie drills that I've talked about. And then I'll kind of throw it over to you and let you talk sure. about some of your stuff. Sure. So um, this is going to be – so Coach broke it down to, like, quarterbacks and receivers. And I have something – I am I could go on about this one too. But the number one thing I want to do um, defensively as far as my players is we all have reads and keys. I'm the biggest read guy on this earth. My defensive linemen know – after we stretch, we do positional stretches, which is very nice, by the way, instead of doing team stretches at practice. Um, when we get out of stretching, um, we're going to do a little block destruction drill, which everybody should do, and then we're going to transition to reads. And when I coach linebackers, same thing. Coaching safeties and corners, same thing. And I feel like this is kind of underrated, right? So every week you're going to have different reads, right? Um, your corners may be reading the number two in this coverage. Inside linebackers might start reading guards, but halfway through the season, they're going to read the H. Whatever the read is, it doesn't matter if it's the line judge who you're reading. We need to read that guy every single day. That needs to become, you know what I mean, like clockwork, okay? Uh, you need to be a technician at that. You, you need to know. Like, a lot of things scheme-wise, I think defensively, when people ask me, well, coach, how are we going to fix that? And I'm going to go, well, what was that player's read? Okay, his read was the tackle step down. Well, then he needs to attack it how we've taught him, and the scheme will be fine. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of – I can get kind of like a simpleton on Friday nights as far as when I was in a coordinator position because I'm going, well, shoot. They may have beat us scheme-wise, but really they beat us because we didn't read our keys, right? Yeah. So getting back into it, uh, just what it would look like um, from a reads perspective, if you're a defensive line and you're a forefront, I love to have a center guard tackle with my defensive lineman. And then I have a three technique and a five technique up. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to point those offensive linemen behind the defensive lineman, obviously, so they cannot see this. And we're just going to work on basic blocks, right? Yes, you have to teach defensive linemen how to be offensive linemen. They don't have to be good at it. All they have to do is move their damn shoulder, okay? Because <laughs> a lot of guys, we waste time doing – it's okay. They need to learn it anyway, all right? Um, it takes – it's like coaching, right? So you put a lot of legwork in at the beginning. 
during the summer and it's worth it in the fall. Okay. And then those kids know it as long as they're in your program, regardless from a defensive line perspective, that's how you can start. Right. So they're just reading those blocks. We're not worried about where the ball is. We're reading our blocks. If you're coaching inside linebackers, center, two guards, rep the ever loving piss out of it. Okay. Down blocks, pulls, doubles, um, even base blocks, okay, because that kind of makes a muddy read at inside backer. Outside backers, maybe you read the tackle, maybe you read the number two, okay? You need to rep that every single day. If you're a corners coach or a safeties coach and y'all read the number two because that's what you should be doing in football anyway, read the number two receiver every doggone day. I mean, it, it, it's just reads and keys for me as far as what we should be doing. Group periods, people don't utilize half line or – you know, some type of half defense type drill. Okay. So that means you want to work your defense alignment with your linebackers against the offensive line in a group period, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be inside run. Most people do inside run, but your outside linebackers better be with your corners at that time, right? Yep. Your safeties better be, okay, your safeties better get some work with inside run at some point in the week because they're going to be involved in that. Okay, especially if you're a spill team. If you're a spill team, what is an inside run going to, what's a B gap run going to eventually do if you do the right thing? It's going to what, Coach Willis? Bounce. Yes, sir. It's going to bounce. Okay. So a lot of the times we'll bounce an inside run, for example, when our safeties aren't there because they're literally not in the drill and offense is going, we just had success. No, you didn't. (laughs) Our safeties literally weren't in the drill. So you need to involve everybody in a little bit of everything defensively. Absolutely. Um, You know, but you got to work as far as indies, reads and keys, reads and keys. Um, I, I will absolutely freak out if I see a DB coach doing 35,000 ball drills in his indie time just because he's bored and the kids are bored. No, work your reads every single day. Yeah, and see, like, what you just said is it's kind of the same with the offense, too. Like, everyone wants to put on tape, oh, look at these cone drills I do. Oh, look at these ball drills I do. But here's my thing. You can still incorporate that same stuff while also doing real game type drills. Like it's- okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in too. All right, Coach Parker, you, you'll probably never listen to this on <laughs> earth, but Parker Resources, he always says, "I love this." How do you get conditioned to play football? How do you get better at football? You practice what? Football. 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 You yeah. practice football. Oh, it's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean. Do do your drills, do those cone drills and stuff like that in the off season and what ladder? I don't whatever and it you can like be the to do. basics. Maybe yeah, you're sure. installing it, you know, and those kids have no idea, so they need reference points. Yeah. But at some point it's got to transition, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean I, I learned, you know, again, I I've learned everything from other people. I you I don't just yeah. come and create stuff. Yeah, we didn't make up all I this mean, stuff. I learned a lot from Steve Tannehill offensively. Like yeah. he, he showed me how to coach receivers the way he wanted them done. And, you know, I've taken what he taught me and I've put my own little twist on some things and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, if you're not learning, then you are you need to probably stop coaching. Like right. You, you want to constantly learn and get better yourself, just like you want your players to do. Uh, but, you know, like, it's funny you talk about, like, the group stuff. I didn't really touch on the group stuff. Yeah. With, We're trying to keep it short, but this is a great segment, by the way. This is, this is awesome. But and so like one thing that I like to do is I can incorporate an indie period with the running backs and the receivers and the quarterbacks into one little group session. It's 
because, you know, essentially what I like to do offensively is my run game is always going to have a pass off of it. Right. Like, there's a trigger man out there in the defense that's going to say to the quarterback, oh, if he's here, I'm going to stand up and throw Pull quick it. game. Pull it. I'm going to stand up and throw a quick yeah. game. Because And so what I can do is my running backs can work their tracks and the quarterbacks can work the mesh point. Yeah. But then we can also work our perimeter blocking as far as the quick screens with the receivers, and they're also catching the football too. So yeah. now if you throw the DBs in there, now you're in there, it's even more elaborate. You got DBs working, you know, getting off blocks, and now you got they're quarterbacks. having to read their keys. Exactly. They're reading keys. Yeah. Receivers are they're, – they're blocking, and they're catching the football. And you also got quarterbacks, running backs, working mesh point, and the running backs working their track. So – you can do a lot of different things. And can I stop you for a second, Coach, too? Absolutely. Um, I think what we're trying to get to, too, as well, is a lot of guys get bored during Indy, right? Yes. They're by themselves. Yes. Um, we're just talking to, from an assistant point standpoint. I have been bored before. I'm not going to lie to you. Nobody yes. is perfect, right? You get bored. I'm bored. My kids are bored. We get tired of doing the same thing. No, that's how we run our program. We need to do the same things and do it right every day. But yes. here's what you can do when you get bored. As an assistant, get with another assistant, get with your coordinator. Hey, let's do some group periods during Indy. Uh, something I do right now with uh, the linebacker coach at Cane Bay is we get together in the second half of Indy after Monday. So Monday we're by ourselves. We're having a mental Monday, right? Tuesday and Wednesday, the back half of Indy, we're together. And it's still technically Indy time. Absolutely. Right? I mean, of course, you don't need to do it behind your head coach's back. Your head coach is going to love that as long as you're doing the right things. But don't think, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to pull out these cones and do this stupid-ass drill. Yeah. You know? I mean, always find a way to get better and keep kids involved because when you add other kids, kids are going to be like, oh, what are we doing? What are we doing next? You know what I mean? What are we looking for? What are we doing here? Sorry, yeah, Coach. I had No, to, you're fine. And and I would just kind of kind of finish this little question off with, just because you're doing something a long time, doesn't mean that you're getting better at it right so like if if you're out there and you're doing a drill and you got let's just use receivers for example you do all these you know cool looking cone drills yeah and you just keep doing it over and over and over again well if the kids get tired and the kids get bored and they're not giving their best effort Wasted. doing those things it's a waste of time waste. yeah so you know have something we're good. not here to waste time yeah have something that's good that is effective that puts the players in a game-like situation yeah. or something they're going to do in the game and go rep it, get good quality reps, and then move on to the next thing. 100%. Right? Yeah. All right. So, again, went kind of long there. We'll kind of move on to our next segment here really quick. All right. So, we're going to move on to the next little segment here. This is a this is kind of a, a fun little segment. Uh, it is October the 29th. Yeah. So that means Halloween is two days away. I per you know personally hate Halloween. I never really liked dressing up as a kid. Did it a couple of times, um, but you know, cool little segment we got here. We're gonna do a spooky, scary Halloween segment here yep. for everyone. You know, have a little fun here. Got a couple of questions that we're gonna ask. These will be a little bit shorter answers. We won't elaborate as much on these. Um, so I'll get right into it. Uh, first question, and this we'll both answer. Yeah. Uh, so Coach Fields, for you. What offensive scheme scares you the most? Um, I would say the Baylor 
type scheme, the real wide receivers, doubles, trips, empty quads. Shout out Josh Heifel. Go balls. Yeah, go balls. <laughs> GBO. Um, I mean, just that that real. Let's spread everybody out and play a numbers game. That that scares me the most. Gotcha. Um, so for me, defensive scheme. I'm not gonna. It, it's a cop out to say, oh, if you got good players up front and you can just have a five man yeah. box, then you got me. So I would say one uh, a scheme that that disguises their coverages really well, right? Um, and like you know, there's no run. Like if you, if you're going cover three on first down, well then the next first down you might go cover four, you know, or yeah. just spin your safeties down, or or you know, start with your corners here and then right before the snap change them up, you know. If you have a scheme that is that can be kind of multiple and what they do in the secondary and maybe switch up some fronts, but if you can disguise some of that stuff to yeah. make it look like something and then it's not because I you he know means me, pre-snap by yeah, the way. Yeah, pre-snap. Too. Uh because obviously I like to look out there and see what's going on right. before I make a decision, you know, most of the time. But yeah, so a multiple, if you can disguise and do some stuff like that, yeah. that's something that kind of gets me. Okay. Um, question two. So we'll go fast. What kind or type of player scares you the most from the opposite side of the ball? Um, a stud skill player. I mean, honestly, like um, that wide receiver that you have to double and then a coach is smart enough to start moving him around or the quarterback that when he gets loose, he's a dude. Um, the, the, the running back, right, that you spill and you make it bounce and he just – breaks tackles and goes to the house that's all right that's so scary I'm, i get to stop you this time you ready yeah I, you have to pick one is it the quarterback is it the stud running back is it like if it was the one like one position that super scares you which one is it i mean it, it's the quarterback because he touches the ball every time yeah and i'm just hoping his coach is stupid enough to not try to get him in the right situations wide receivers we can bracket yeah, and the the quarterback may not hit him. You know, a running back we could just start loading up the box and just hope he doesn't get twelve yards of carry. But yeah, the quarterback bow and he's on, and the 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 coach is moving him around a bunch and getting him in good situations. Watch out. Yeah, uh, for me, it, it's probably going to have to be a stud like defensive end. If you got a guy that can just wreak havoc up front, like because if you got a good DB, I can motion. I can yeah, you know shift formations and things like that. Put your stud not it, on him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like Coach Heifel does, like they, they motion their guys away from, yeah. you know, and they put them in the matchups they want. But still, if you've got a guy up front that on every snap, he's going to, you know, squeeze in wrong arm and blow something yeah. up. Or if, if it's third and eight or something and he's going to, you know, the speed left rush. pissing his leg yeah. having to go up against that guy. You know, because yeah. if he can go left and right and stuff like that, if you got a stud defensive end, yeah. I'm a little more worried, and I'm going to make sure we know where he's at every single play, right. which is going to take me out of some stuff that I don't want to do. Completely messes up the game yeah. plan. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's scary for me, okay? All right, so we did scary. Now we're going to go to the treat side, trick or treat. Last question here for this segment. If you could pick one position on your side of the ball to always be your best player, what position would it be? Uh, Coach Willis, you go first. I know you ain't okay. asked the question. But well, so mine is easy. You just said it a minute ago. You said you were scared of him. It's the quarterback. Like, because he, again, no you burner. said he touches the yeah. ball every single time. Yeah. So, I mean, 
if he's a stud, whether he's a, a drop back stud or if he's an athletic stud right. or if he's just, a, I mean, if, if my best player is my quarterback, then I feel like I have a chance. Now, if you're throwing to like Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live to all the little kids out there, you know, hitting them in the back of the head, that's a little different. Right. But still, if your best player is the one that touches the ball every time, you got a shot. So that's my answer. Absolutely. Uh, my answer is pretty simple. Um, these guys in the YCA kind of make fun of me because I can watch a play. <laughs> can I answer it for you? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> He's going to say his backside linebacker. Yeah. So <laughs> – I'll watch a running play and literally go back and watch it. I don't care what level it's at. And I can go, yep, there either was no backside linebacker or the backside linebacker got, yes. you know, got cut off. So an inside linebacker would be where I'd want my best guy. And that's where we do put our best guys. Yeah. And he's not lying. We, in the, in the five years that we coached together, that is absolutely what he's always talked about. And yeah. I'll find myself watching games like, Oh, there must not have been a backside linebacker there. Yep. Um, yeah. So, all right, that was a quick little segment, uh, Halloween segment. That's the spooky scary, and now we're going to move on to the next one. All right, so now we are moving on to what I like to call the red zone segment of the episode. Now, you coach offense, you coach defense, the red zone is important. This is kind of going to kind of get into some some so, topics that some people won't talk time. about as much. It's nut cutting time, yeah, as Coach Howard go. would say, almost out. It's nut cutting time. Um, but yeah, this is the red zone segment. It, you know, might be some of the things that people might not talk about as much. You know, people don't want to talk about it or do want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we'll get right into the red zone segment. And the first question that we have for the red zone segment is what are some of the things that you don't like? or find challenging – oh, I, uh, I don't know why I said that – that you don't like or find challenging about being, for Coach Fields, a defensive coach? Um, all the data, all the work you have to put in on the weekends. Um, and the number one thing, and I'll talk about this a lot if you listen to us, is terminology is a killer as far as coaches. <laughs> um, terminology is an absolute killer. When you get on a new staff, you could be talking about the same thing, but you're saying it differently and nobody understands, right? Communication is the biggest problem really in the world with conflict. So terminology, communication, getting on the same page is challenging. That's not very fun to get people on the same page. You have to do it, but it's super challenging. Um, all the data that you have to put in on huddle, to make things how you see it and how you want to attack it as far as a game plan. Honestly, that's annoying. I, I don't find that fun. Some dudes are like all about it. I, I don't find that fun, um, but you have to do it, right? It's just part of being a good coach and getting a good game plan to put your kids in a good situation, Yeah. right? So if I had to say the two, there's obviously a lot because, oh, I'll go with three. I'm a big three guy, okay? Yeah, sure. So, um, the third one I would probably say is not being able to control anything on Friday night. Right. So yes. like we're control freaks. I, I'm a big control freak. Yes. Okay. And on Friday night, I, I can't control what the off. I can't make a script and say, this is what the offense is going to do. Right. We can guess and we can help our kids out, but like you can't control it. And you're just kind of defensively, you make your call. You're kind of just sitting back like pins and needles, right? 
to where Coach Willis is over there checking 40 times <laughs> and getting his kids in the right situation. And, like, sometimes you don't have that defensively. You don't have that. So that's why your base scheme has to be um, – what's the word? It's got to be ready to go. I mean, it, it's got to be sound. And that goes back to earlier in the pod where I was just like, you got to be sound on defense, right? So those are my three things to recap is all the data you have to put in. I'm not really a numbers guy, but you have to do it. Um, and then communication, terminology, it kind of sucks getting everybody on the same page. And then third one would be not being able to control anything during a game other than, you know, making your call and helping kids out when they come back on the sideline. Yeah. Um, and so for me personally, like you kind of stole one of the ones that I was talking about. The, the data thing is big. And again, let's preface this with everyone that's listening. We coach at places or have coached at places this stuff, it's not like we got GAs like they do in college. Like, you have to go in, and, and if you work for a staff, you probably know you got to go in, put in all the stuff, and huddle. And it's got, and you know, you do it, you do it. You don't use huddle assist and all this stuff because yeah. it's never right. So, you have to do it yourself to make sure it's right. Yeah. And so, like, you spend a lot of time watching film, breaking down film, but a lot of times it's like you're watching it and you're trying to input it as you go and things like that. So, that takes away a lot of stuff. Like these guys that coach on Saturdays and Sundays, they don't have to go in and do all that stuff. Someone, they get a report from a GA. Yeah. Someone, yeah. it was on Football Scoop the other day about Nick Saban. They come in on a certain day or whatever, and, and all the film's already broken down. They just watch it. Yeah. Like how amazing would that be? Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of piggybacking there with Coach Fields. The data stuff is tough. And for me, offensively, because I will I'll admit, like, it's to me it feels like it's tougher for a defensive coach week in and week out because you could go in and see five different schemes in five different weeks. Yeah. But for me personally on offense, we're not going to change up what we're doing a whole lot. Can I can I input yeah. a quote? I think I, once again, Parker Resources, they're great. They're great. It's kind of where we got some inspiration over this thing. Uh, one of their guys they had on said, being a defensive coordinator – is all the legwork leg between Monday through Thursday. It's harder to be the defense coordinator Monday through Thursday. It's easier to be the offense coordinator. Um, on Friday night, that kind of reverses. Um, on Friday night, that offense coordinator has got to really think on the fly and come up with some things and make some adjustments and things like that. A defensive guy has to do that too, but there's way more pressure on the offense, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I heard that's kind of stuck with me is Monday through Thursday – as far as a coordinator standpoint, defense coordinator, you got a lot. You're, you're worried about stuff every single day. Yeah. You're, you're so worried about, did I get this in? Did our kids get our reps? You know, I'm not saying that you're not doing anything as far as the OC, but to me, I feel like it's harder during the week to be a defense coordinator. Yeah. And I mean, and, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the coordinating spot. Like, and even like, I could even tell both sides of it. Let's just say you're just an offensive coach and all I do is coach receivers. Well, the frustrating thing is, is you might see something out there that, oh, we could do this, but it's not your job to come up with that situation. Like right. you're a receivers coach, so right. if your job is to coach the receivers, you coach the receivers. Coach them to the best of your ability as well. Exactly. Maybe like be the head coach of your own position group. Exactly, and and we'll we'll get more into that stuff too. Yeah. But like that's that's another frustrating thing. If you're not the actual coordinator, like you might have ideas and things that you see but you might not be able to implement them because that is not your job. Right. So, you know, that can be one, that's kind of where I went to the position coach side of it, you know, yeah. being frustrating. 
And also, let's yeah. just say to go back to the coordinator part, there are a lot of times when you go in game plan and it's frustrating because I feel like there's so much that I want to get in, but you don't you don't need to overdo it. It's like I'll I run a play practice every day last year going, man, I didn't do enough. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. I didn't give these kids enough reps at this or that. And, I mean, even if we played well on Friday, I still just was so yeah stressed out about that as a coordinator. Well, And, like, for me, like, it's, oh, you look at something, it's like, man, oh, we could really run this play, yeah. but we haven't worked on it. And you cannot do that no. as a coach. I mean, failure. now, if you set up your offense to where, you know, you tag certain routes Everything's off of things. Everything's a tag. Yeah, exactly. So if you set it up where you can tag stuff, that's great. Yeah. But if you're talking about a full-on concept – you know, there's times when I'm like, man, if we would have just had this in, it'd have been great. But we didn't have enough time because we're trying to get better at what we do. We're trying to focus right. on our identity as offense and get really good at that. So that's kind of, you know, I said the data thing as an offense or an assistant coach, you know, you don't have full reign. So you have to just coach your guys, you know, within the scheme yeah. and within whatever your coordinator wants you to do. So then I went back to the coordinator thing is like not being able to get everything that you want into the offense at that time plus we're dealing with 14 15 16 17 18 year old kids so that are worried about chasing tail more than yes. football half the time Let's i mean we've talked about it again i can know everything but if my players can't go out there and they don't know what i'm trying to say and they can't execute it it doesn't matter what i know now you'll sound cool in the off season and absolutely when you go network with people when people first meet you and White, whiteboard warriors you, right and then yeah. you know they watch what you do during the season they're like wow that guy has no idea what he's talking about yeah and you become a laughing stock you know yeah so i mean again and we're gonna have way more stuff that we'll get into with uh you know other people other coaches and things like yeah. that yeah. but that's kind of you know no one likes to talk about the negative side of things sometimes so we just want to talk about some of the challenges yeah. yeah just some of the challenges that we might see each and every day um so that's question one the last question of the red zone here. Now let's go to the positive side. What are some of your favorite things about being for you, Coach Fields, a defensive coach, myself, offensive coach? Um, it's this. This comes back to um, the kids, right? So the kids make coaching defense enjoyable because your kids that play defense, if you're a two platoon team, they're normally the kids that aren't as athletic. Or they get the moniker of like, oh, they're DB, they can't catch football. Well, we can go off and hit somebody in the mouth. Um, that That's one of my favorite things as far as a defensive coach is. It's a different mentality. It, it's a fighter's mentality, okay? And another great thing with the kids as far as being a defensive coach is watching your position group grow and watching your defense grow and watching them you can go back and self-scout a little bit. Watch yourself. Watch your kids during spring practice, the film you have of, like, the spring game, okay? And then watch them the first game of the year and then watch them the third game of the year. And just watching those kids progress is so awesome on defense because they grow confidence and they really learn how to, you know, destroy blocks on a Friday. And they get comfortable in your scheme or maybe they're a first-year starter. Like, I've got two juniors right now on defense that – I know I kind of feel like they were kind of slighted, right? Like people don't like, why are you starting them? You know, and every week they're getting better and better and better and better and getting more confident in what they're doing. So defensively, I mean, that that's kind of what I love about it is more the kids that you coach. Okay. Not, 
and I love working with coaches and scheme and blah, blah, blah. But like, we want to keep it real on the podcast. Right. Yeah. And defensively, that's what I really enjoy is watching these kids grow and get comfortable. And just honestly, when we go out there and like, I mean, I'm not hating on coach cause I coached against coach Willis last night. And no matter what the situation was, we went out there and we smacked somebody in the freaking mouth, dude. And it's just awesome to watch these kids work together and have fun while being violent to somebody. Okay. It's, it's a special thing. Uh, what about you coach as far as on the offense side of the ball? Yeah. For me, uh, when we talked about it a little bit earlier, I like the teaching aspect of it. Like I love to go out there and, you know, teach a kid how to run a slant against inside leverage. Yeah. And they're like, cause you know, it's like, Instead of arguing with a guy on a whiteboard about how I can do this or that. Yeah, like I, you can draw up whatever you want. I'm just talking yeah. about like a simple, I want to teach my guy how right. to beat this inside leverage and run a slant. Because people are like, oh, you can't do that. Watch. And yep. then like, once you see, like the, the coolest thing for me is like when you teach those kids those things and then they go and execute it and they do it and they're like, oh, shoot. Yep. Like, that works. Oh, coach, that works. That was awesome. And it's and it's cool because then yeah. like, and I've, I've called plays on JV and stuff and I've had a lot of fun calling plays on JV before because those kids seem to like just absorb more than anything because they're new, they're fresh. Right. But you go out there and it's like, oh, you check a play to this. Oh, here's that slant that we worked on in practice. And Indy, he's calling it in the game. And then to see it be executed to perfection is right. one of my favorite things to do. Like, you know, you teach a kid something and then they go out and they execute it and they have success. Yeah. And I like that part about it. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I would say is I like the chess match. I, I okay. love the chess match of offense versus defense. Yeah. I like putting together, you know, a game plan or we the, as the coaches put together a game plan and then you go out there and you and everyone executes. If 11 guys execute it and it works, you know, it could be a 20 yard game, seven yard game right. or touchdown. But I like the chess match. I will, so I'm good at this. You know, I might run the ball well. We run power, counter, whatever. Yeah. And then you adjust. All right, well, what am I going to come back with? And G-Rap is not power, by the way. Yeah. Shout out Ben Beck. <laughs> yeah, but so, you know, it's a constant give or take. Like yeah. the defense takes this away. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Well, then they take that away. Well, I'm going to go back to something else and do this. And right. so I love the chess match of – you know, trying to figure out, all right, how do I, how do I beat them? How do yeah. I get this done? And things like that. So, you know, it's just teaching the kids. Again, I'm, I'm a big proponent of teaching the kids within your scheme. Right. I don't care if my kids know, oh, when it's this coverage, this coverage, this coverage, and we're going to run this, 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 and this. All right, I'm going to teach you that by how we teach it in practice. And I'm going to teach you how to beat that. Right. And then being able to see them go out and execute it is, is, pretty rewarding and be, be complex in your head but keep it simple to the kids yeah you know and uh, i would say the last thing and i just actually just thought about this is <laughs> i love the creativity that you can get like in my offenses that i've coached in we've named plays yeah and it's funny to like you okay you put in a new play this week and you're like hey what do y'all want to call this and then the kids are like let's call it this like it, it's just fun to be involved in an offense to where the kids can enjoy it and, you know, yeah. you give them some rain like, hey, guys, you know, this is what we're doing this week. And then they make up some kind of crazy name. And if you like it, then you go with it. But yeah. if you don't, if it's stupid, you're just like, no, we ain't calling it now. Right. But still, 
it's fun to see them like take some ownership to what they're doing yeah. each and every day. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's pretty rewarding. And you know, obviously when you light up the scoreboard, it's a lot more fun than when you put a zero out there. For so sure. that's it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the red zone segment. Anything else about any of that coach you got to add, or are we good to move on to the next segment? Um, just want to reiterate that we're both kind of saying like the teaching aspect is the most fun part of it guys i mean if you're not in this to teach like why why are you coaching yeah like get out if you think it's you know all about you and this podcast is more towards coaches like it, it really is and we can be selfish on some of the aspects we're talking about but if you're coaching football why are you, why are you doing it if it's not about the kids and teaching yeah and teaching them how to be a better person right so i mean that's all i have to say yeah i mean i i'd second that just just get good at it like find a way to be the best that you can be yeah and 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 just kind of you know take it to your kids and and do the same and hopefully yeah. they'll you know latch on and and get better as human beings obviously first and foremost but yeah, then as players as well teaches so. life so. exactly yeah so our that was our red zone segment and i think we've got one more segment that we will jump into here all right, we are here, and this is our last segment of today's offense versus defense special episode of the YCA podcast, and we are into the overtime segment. So overtime is basically for, you know, any last-minute things that we want to talk about, discuss, or revisit any of our other things that we talked about. Yeah. Um, so we're in the overtime segment, and I'm going to kind of let Coach Fields kind of take over this part. So – what I kind of want to end up making the segment is kind of on the spot for whoever we're bringing in to interview. And we'll do one question. So in high school overtime, um, you know, one, one team gets a chance and the other team gets a chance, right? Yeah. So we're going to do one question on the spot. We haven't uh, prepped for this question at all. Okay. And obviously today it will be me asking coach Willis and then he'll, you know, kind of be like, what is your thoughts? And that's what we'll kind of end with. And we hope when we have, guests on you know they'll get to ask us something too right so we'll let them ask us this question in overtime yeah. okay uh so your overtime question you it's start scary. off on offense first is Halloween. Uh, pretty simple it's what is one common myth about coaching offense being an <laughs> offensive coach so this that's your overtime question he's on the spot oh, um, we God. haven't prepped for this we're keeping it real. This is a keeping it real segment, right? Just here. one? Like I just this is just what, one. What's what's a common myth that you'd like to debunk right now? Okay. Well, about being an offensive coach on the offense. There's side really of the two that I would like that, that I always would go. Well, go ahead. If I'm just picking one, go ahead. Am I just picking one? You can pick. You can say both of them. Okay. Go ahead. Um. Well, the first one, and I'm not going to talk about this one as much. I'm just going to. And this is Ben Beck. This is a shout out to my boy Ben Beck. Um. The myth, if you are a if you are a offensive coordinator or a head coach or whatever, and you base out of the spread, it does not mean that you throw the ball ninety percent of the time. Right. Okay. So, and you know Ben's gonna laugh when he hears this. You know, shout out to him. He and I both have some spread tendencies and concepts and whatnot, and we both try to take pride in the fact that we try to balance it out. Yeah. But if you are a spread person that does not mean that all you do is throw the football right that's that's the big thing but that's not the one that i really want to talk about the next one is and i think this was put out on the on the uh terrible take tuesday of the yca <laughs> podcast 
uh, Twitter account yeah, yeah. was every pass off of a run fake is not an RPO. What? Yeah, it's not. Wild. I know it's surprising, right? Wild. It is not an RPO, okay? Just because the quarterback acts like he's going to hand the ball to the running back and then throws the ball, that does not mean he's reading someone every single time and that it's an RPO. And if you – okay, if you're new, RPO, run, pass, option. Pretty much means – can I break it down? Sure, go ahead. This pretty much means that people think that quarterbacks are smarter than they are. The guy <laughs> literally on this podcast, I have watched coach, he will stand behind the quarterback at practice and yell, ball. He yes. will yell it so much that me as a defensive coach, no matter where I coach now, when our quarterbacks don't release the ball when they should, I'm going, ball. Okay? Quarterbacks aren't as smart as everybody makes it out to be. Is pretty much what he's saying. Okay, okay, well, I didn't exactly say it like that, but not everything's them reading something. Okay. Um, and quick side note: the ball thing that I got again came from Coach Tannehill. I'll shout out to him if he's I love listening it. to it. I um, love it. Take take the decision making out of yeah high school kids' hands. Um, and you know we can talk about other that kind of stuff, but again, sometimes it's just a play action pass. Or sometimes it's just showing a run fake to try to hold a linebacker or just eye candy. It's it it just because you fake to the running back doesn't mean it is an he's, RPO. He's reading the inside linebacker, yeah. Okay. Like there's there's been times where a guy is not even looking at anyone on the defense and they're like, Oh, that's an RPO. No, it's not. Nope. It is not an called. RPO. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I could go on and on about that. So that was my question, so I have to ping-pong it. We're going to bounce it back to Coach Field. So what's one of the – or a couple of the biggest myths about the defensive side of the ball? The biggest myth is that if you get in the forefront with threes and ones, it is the easiest defense in the world to block. <laughs> okay? Every offensive Just find the coach, one. Find the three. Right, right. Just find the one. Find the Easy three. money. This is the easiest thing in the world to block. <laughs> It's such a myth that if you stay in the forefront, you're not going to be able to play football. You're just going to lose. I mean, it, it's funny when guys draw up defensives now. They draw it up to like a 4-2 or a 4-3, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got him. We got him. And this is coming from a guy that wants to be multiple. I, I like – you know what I mean? I go back to the beginning. I talked about schemes and philosophies, whatever you want to call it. I want to disguise stuff. Okay, but when it comes down to it, if you put four hands down on defense, look at the look at colleges, look at the NFL, they're still doing it. Okay. You can still be successful, you can still disguise things, you can still move and stun up front out of a forefront. Yeah. That is such a lie when people are like, Oh, they're they're in the forefront. Oh, if that ain't gonna work against spread. <laughs> like I mean, you know, the proof's in the pudding, right? Like and this is coming from a guy, I will be honest, if I ever get a chance to be a coordinator again, we're going to look like a 3-4. We're going to look like an odd front, okay? But if you put four hands down, that doesn't mean instant success for the offensive line just because they know where the fives are and where the three is. Like, you can still do anything you want up front out of a forefront. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's funny, and, and we'll, you know, we'll – we try to keep it light. Like we said, keep it real, keep it light. There'll be some funny moments, some serious moments and stuff like that. Um, 
real quick before we close it off, Coach Fields, has you got anything else for anybody that you want to talk about or say? Or um, no, I mean, you know, we hope this thing blows up, but we're just glad if you're listening to this at some point, whether it's a week from when we publish it to two years when we publish it, that you can take away one thing. I like to take away one thing when I listen to coaches speak, you know, we're not going to try to change your life over this podcast, but um, we want you to take away one thing. If you're just getting into coaching or maybe you've coached longer than us and you're better coaches than us, just take one thing away. And that I hope we get more guys on, we get some guys on that have a little bit bigger names than us and hopes with our, you know, our views and our listens, honestly. Absolutely. And and again, I'll say it all the time. This is not, Again, we're not going to claim to be experts. That's not what this is about. And even if it doesn't blow up, I, we fully enjoy getting together and spending time together and just talking about football. Yeah, and we, talking we about do ball. this all the time. That's the thing. Like That's what kind of brought this to light is yeah. we used to do this all the time, but we just never recorded it. Yeah. So now we're trying to put it together and record it. And if it can help someone, awesome. Right. You know, but even if not, like, you know, we can go back and listen to it yeah. and you know, it's fun to get together and do stuff like that. And and like you said, we want to expand. We want questions sent in. We want people to want to be on. We want to, you know, eventually you have people call in and talk to us and, you know, obviously the technology is going to get better, the better we get, you know, so the sound quality might be weird now. It might not, I don't know, but we're going to, you know, keep trying to plug in and and moving forward and, and getting better which is, you know, as coaches, what we want to do in our everyday life anyway. So that's that's kind of the platform that we're trying to build here. And we would love for people to, you know, reach out and want to help or want yeah. to be a part. That's kind of what we're here for. So, you know, if you're listening to this and and you want to be a part of it, you know, reach out to us. Like, again, we, we got the YCA podcast on Twitter. You know, we're going to be expanding a little bit, trying to get stuff out there. And Hopefully we'll get some shirts. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, maybe, maybe some shirts if Stephen Davis will ever – get his act together and, yeah. you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you don't have anything else, Coach Fields, I think we've, you know, reached a good breaking yeah. point or ending point here. It, it went a little bit longer than we anticipated, but, you know, we'll get better and we'll shorten it down some. So Absolutely. That it's a little bit shorter episodes, but, you know, we hope that you guys have listened and at least laughed a little bit or at least related to us. That's yeah. my thing. Like, right. We're sitting here talking about stuff. You know that other people are like, oh, yeah, I've yeah. dealt with that. We, yeah, we, we want to be relatable to you, you guys. Know. We so, should be. It's coaching. Yeah, so that's what it is. Um, again, appreciate it. And if that's all we've got, that's all we got. So I yeah. guess we'll wrap it up here. All right, that's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA Podcast. Thanks again for listening and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, share the YCA podcast and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. You can also follow myself and Coach Brett Fields on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Coach Willis 11 and Coach Fields' Twitter handle is at Coach B Fields. Once again, thanks for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see you.